are now listening to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast with Dr. Taylor Crick. Dr. Taylor is an expert in helping those suffering with autoimmune disease, and he himself has autoimmune disease. Autoimmunity is rampant today. The purpose of this podcast is to educate about the underlying causes and natural solutions to halt autoimmune disease progression. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. For more information from Dr. Taylor, visit www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com. Without further ado, here's your host, Dr. Taylor Crick. Welcome to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Taylor Crick. I love teaching the underlying mechanisms of autoimmunity and chronic disease. I believe that when you understand the mechanisms, the solutions become obvious. For more information, visit our website at www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com. You can sign up for our email list, look at lab tests that I'll talk about today, look at supplements that I talk about in other episodes, see my YouTube channel that has a lot of videos, and more. Um, Lastly, people are out there searching for answers like this. You know, one of the goals of this podcast is to provide solutions to help you manage your own case, Um, and there's a lot of people out there trying to solve their own health puzzle, and there's a lot of uh, pieces of that puzzle that can be found within this podcast. So please share this, give us a rating, give us a review. We are now officially listed on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, everywhere podcasts can be found. Depending on when you listen to this, that might have been a, a long time ago, but right now that is just happening, so we're trying to get the ball rolling with this podcast, so share it, please. Give us a rating and a review, and subscribe so that you can find out when more episodes come out. Right now, I'm, I'm kind of trying to bang out uh, a lot of episodes and get a foundation, but then episodes are probably going to start coming out weekly um, in, a, in a little bit here. Once we get to about probably 10 or 12, uh, my list just keeps on growing, so I might just not slow down either. So, and, and again, if this is the only episode, if this is the first time you're listening to this, the goal is for these episodes to be a little bit shorter, so check out other episodes. They all kind of link together, or there are um, you know things on our website, YouTube videos and things where I go through labs and I go through pictures, and so uh, the goal isn't for this to be an all-inclusive lecture about everything, um, but just to be a little soundbite. So with that being said, today's episode is about tissue-specific autoimmunity versus systemic autoimmunity. A huge difference uh, and and a huge important thing to know which one you have or if you have one or the other. And so this is just kind of an autoimmune basic, but talking about just, you know, the difference between those two things. So again, we have past episodes talking about this, but just a reminder of what autoimmunity is in 30 seconds. So the body has lost the ability to determine, to distinguish self from non-self, okay? So the immune system, whose job is to recognize invaders, has kind of lost the ability to determine who's an invader and who's not. And so it has mistakenly begun attacking self tissues, okay? So it's attacking your brain, it's attacking your joints, it's attacking your cells, etc. That's what we're going to talk about today, but that is what autoimmunity is. So the body, the way that this is detected and the way that this happens is the body produces antibodies. It produces antibodies against self-tissue, which is, you know, a, a popular word all of a sudden. You know, I, I, I've done PCR tests and antibody tests for years, and now all of a sudden, like, 
everybody's an immunology expert. They know what this means a little bit more. But your body produces self-tissue antibodies. So these antibodies can be tissue-specific, like thyroid tissue or brain tissue or connective tissue or whatever the case may be. Or they can be systemic, meaning everywhere throughout your body. And that's what we're going to talk about is some of these autoimmune diseases, some of these autoimmune processes, and some of these labs that can help you determine this. So that's how we know. You know, that's how we know what, how, how severe your autoimmunity is. That's how we know where your autoimmunity is. That's how we know where else it is, like if you've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's or RA or something, we want to know where else is it. But this can be determined by lab testing. So I'll say this at the beginning. I'll probably say it again at the end. But uh, a lot of these are things that can be tested on Cyrex panels. So Cyrex is, is kind of considered the world's leader in autoimmune lab testing. Um, and then LabCorp blood panels. And so some of these will be done you know, by a room, rheumatologist, um, by an endocrinologist, by... Um, you know, by me, you know, functional medicine practitioner, chiropractor, uh, MD, DO, but uh, th these are the these are the antibodies. Sometimes they're diagnostic. Sometimes they're just telling us, explaining a process. Like for example, myelin basic protein antibodies aren't diagnostic. They don't mean that you have MS. They just mean that your body's attacking your myelin. And MS is, is, you know, a different level of that. And again, go back to past episodes to listen to like the three stages of autoimmune disease and stuff because now I'm getting, you know, a little sidetracked. But that lab testing is how we determine this. So let's go through some tissue or protein antibodies. When we say tissue, you know, that can be an enzyme. A lot of these are enzymes, but they're expressed largely in certain tissues. So, so like some of these enzymes are expressed largely in the thyroid or in the pancreas or in the gut lining. And, and so this is what the protein is, and that's the tissue that it's specific to. So the most, the most you know, uh, I don't, gosh, I want to say popular. It's not popular, but the most common autoimmune disease worldwide is Hashimoto's. So the diagnostic antibodies for that are TPO, thyroid peroxidase, and TG, thyroglobulin. And so those are the most common antibodies found. And, and one of the reasons for some of the most common autoimmunities, autoimmunities is it is common. You know, if you screened 1,000 people, it is a common one, but it's also really easy to detect. So a lot of people know they have Hashimoto's, but those are the two antibodies that are, pro, or, uh, that are thyroid specific. Um, TSH receptor is a, a, another one um, that is, can be found in graves, can also be found in Hashis sometimes. Um, yeah, so thyroid, um, tissue transglutaminase, that is, there are three tissue transglutaminases that are readily detectable, and, and that's how you diagnose celiac, so that's gut specific, that's intestinal lining specific, and as that, if TTG2 antibodies are detected, it means that the immune system is attacking the gut lining, creating gut inflammation, creating leaky gut, and leading to microvilli destruction, um, which leads to malabsorption and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that all come as part of celiac disease. But there are three different tissue transglutaminases that are pretty easily testable. So tissue transglutaminase two is in the gut lining. Number three 
is in the skin, and number six is more in the brain. So these are all gluten-mediated self-tissue antibodies. And this episode, too, is like, I don't know, it, it sounds heavy to me. I mean, I speak this language, but if you don't speak Chinese, you're not listening to Chinese podcasts, right? So I'm trying to you know make this a little bit uh, understandable, but I think that there I'll have some videos and things because some of this is just easier to see in person. But tissue transglutaminase, that can either be gut-specific, that can be skin-specific, or that can be brain-specific. Another one is uh, intrinsic factor or parietal cells. Those are two that are expressed in the stomach. Parietal cells release hydrochloric acid. Um, they can cause autoimmune gastritis. They can cause uh, acidity problems in the stomach. They can cause That can lead downstream to anemia, like iron-specific anemia. Or, or they can, there can be autoimmunity against something called intrinsic factor, which is also stomach-specific, but that absorbs B12. So some people will be, uh, you know, what's called a pernicious anemia, or they might have, you know, methylation defects or respond well to vitamin B12. Well, they may have stomach-specific autoimmunity very common alongside Hashimoto's and celiac. Um, the next one are, are occludins and zonulins, which are tissue-specific for their tight junction proteins. And what that means is that they are like the Velcro that holds your gut cells together. So many of you listening to this podcast, if you've spent any amount of time in the autoimmune space, you've seen some cartoon of gut cells being held together and then the, the, those junctions being broken apart and that's leaky gut. Right, um, and those tight junctions, those velcros that hold those cells together, are called occludins and zonulins. There are other tissue-specific leaky gut markers like actomycin, lipopolysaccharides. Not tissue-specific, but actually, I should put that in the systemic notes while I'm talking here. Um, but occludins and zonulins, leaky gut, leaky brain, tight junctions, tight junctions. Another one, GAD sixty-five. This is an interesting one that. Um, is expressed mostly in the pancreas. So it's known as more of a diabetes marker, but it's also expressed in the brain. And what GAD does, it's glutamic acid decarboxylase, and it converts glutamate, which is neuroexcitatory. It converts that into GABA, which is neurocalming, is, 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 you know, uh, uh, yeah, I guess neurocalming is the best word I can think of right now. But it's your calming neurotransmitter. It calms down neuronal activity um, and, and things that are triggered like neuroinflammation, kynurenine pathway, things like that. So GAD65, a really, really interesting one um, in the case of like anxiety or certainly in the case of diabetes. So some of these are tissue specific but could be in, expressed in multiple tissues, which is interesting. Uh, how about neurological? Uh, myelin basic protein, again, it's not saying that it's in the brain or that it's in the periphery. It's just saying that it's specific to nervous system tissue, to myelin, the outer sheath of nerves and, and you know, all through, you know, the brain. Um, and so consistent with MS, but also consistent with other demyelinating diseases. So not diagnostic at all, but just tells a little bit about the process and tissue specific. Another one is cerebellar. These are probably the two most common neurological, uh, so in the brain, the most common two antibodies. Um, and yeah, 
Then others that I'll just go through, you know, fairly quickly, but like adrenal cortex. So your adrenals can be attacked and it could be something like Addison's disease um, or it could be, you know, just maybe it's not like it's subclinical or it's not diagnostic. You're not complete adrenal failure, but we detect antibodies against your adrenals and maybe it's affecting things like your cortisol output or, or you know, adrenal balance. Um, hepatocyte, which is liver cells. Um, osteocyte, which are bone cells. And within the liver, there are other tissues that can be detected that, you know, like a, a, a rheumatologist might look at if you've got PBC or autoimmune, autoimmune hepatitis or something like that. But hepatocytes are pretty readily detectable. Uh, myocardial tissue, the heart tissue, that's not good. And skin, you know, there's other skin tissues. So again, these are tissue-specific antibodies that can all be tested. So we have some past episodes, again, that are like, how do you know if you have autoimmunity or if you have these symptoms, they could be autoimmune. So let's say that if you have anxiety, for example, well, we might want to look at cerebellar. We might want to look at myelin basic protein. We might want to look at other neuro ones that I didn't mention, azeolaganglioside and, and synapsin and um, some others like that. We might want to look at GAD65 like I threw out there. We might want to look at tissue transglutaminase 6, so, so, which is gluten-mediated to the brain. So again, let's say that we're looking for the cause of your anxiety and is it autoimmune? And I talked about this in some of the past episodes. For us to test all those, it's going to cost a lot of money. So some people aren't in that position to figure out is this autoimmune or not. But we can, we can kind of guess in some situations. But the, the reality is, is that sometimes we need to test all those. And we might not need to test them all at once. But we need to go down the list and kind of figure out which mechanism is being affected so that we can monitor it so that we can just kind of understand a little bit more about what's going on. But those are tissue-specific antibodies. I, another one that I didn't mention are connective tissues that, again, you know, there's arthritic peptide. There's also um, like collagen-specific antibodies. Um, so that's, that's, you know, your connective tissues, fiber, and things like that. Um, and then systemic. And, and so the difference is systemic antibodies are worse. Okay, so the prognosis is worse when you have systemic antibodies. And I think that when I explain it, you're gonna, it's going to make sense because it's, autoimmunity is not attacking your thyroid or your connective tissue. It can be attacking every cell in your body. And the best example is lupus. And, and the family of other things involved with lupus, sometimes it's not necessarily lupus, but there's like a whole slew of other, um, what I would call them like offshoots of anti-nuclear antibodies that we're going to talk about in a second. There's a whole slew of others that rheumatologists will do that you can do on bigger ANA panels, but do on bigger lupus panels. But these are systemic antibodies. So lupus, Sjogren's, um, those are some of the bigger systemic diseases where after you reach you know the disease diagnostic criteria sometimes i will find systemic autoimmunity in people who have no idea sometimes i i will find it in people who are a wreck um and, and a lot of times when the medical system the conventional medical system this happens a lot let's say that you've been to the doctor and they they, they tell you we tested for autoimmunity and you don't have it <laughs> 
first off, you could already tell if you've listened if you've made it this far in this episode, they haven't tested for all autoimmunity. There's there's you know a hundred known autoimmune diseases and way more than that for different tissue specific antibodies. We're not even scratching the surface right now. Um, but a lot of times what they mean when they say that is they've tested for systemic autoimmunity, meaning they've tested for anti-nuclear antibodies. So anti-nuclear antibodies are consistent with lupus, consistent with Sjogren's, consistent with, you know, several other diseases. Mixed connective tissue disease is another one. And, and a lot of times that's when I'll go looking for ANAs is if somebody has like weird, unexplained pain in their connective tissues that's not RA. Um, and so maybe they've gone to their doc and they're like, it's not in my joints. Like it's in the ball, it's in the bottom of my feet or it's in my forearms or it's in my biceps or it's in kind of in the tendons. And we'll find these anti-nuclear antibodies. And and quite frankly, they're kind of confusing. It's not as... Uh, it's not as, as, as easy, quite frankly, as like Hashimoto's or even MS or, or something like that, where we know that these foods cross-react with these tissues. We know that, that there's certain things that we can do to just kind of support thyroid health overall. There's things that we can do to support neurological health overall. ANAs are weird and they're crazy. Um, I personally, I'm, I'm saying that because I'm not familiar with like what the literature actually says, but I see it a lot with just different cases of toxicity, um, you know, mold or metals, especially metals. Metals I know is a known fact. Metals can bind to DNA adducts and create DNA adducts, which is like the immune system recognizes those as foreign. It's things that it's never seen before because it's pieces of heavy metal bound to pieces of DNA or pieces of, of tissue. Um, and so I know that mercury is associated with ANAs. I know that certain toxins are, but that's what I see the most commonly, but it's still, you got to go looking for the drivers. You got to look for the drivers. So go back to that past episode. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to look at foods, you got to look at toxins, you got to look at stress, you got to look at hormones and you got to look at hidden infections. All these things could be driving this, but anti-nuclear antibodies means exactly like it sounds your nucleus of your cell. You don't want your immune system attacking the nucleus of your cell. Now, it only sees that if the cell is, is, is like burst or lysed, but um, still, it is not good. The prognosis is not good. Uh, Anti-nuclear antibodies. Some other systemic antibodies. Uh, you know, I mentioned before that LPS could be considered systemic. LPS is certainly associated with things like chronic fatigue. It's associated with things, with things like neuroinflammation, neurodegeneration, uh, which leads to things like Alzheimer's, et cetera. So it could be considered systemic. It's also a marker for leaky gut because how else does LPS get in? It gets in through the gut largely. So uh, it's not necessarily it, – it, I, I would call it a systemic marker. But anyway, I'm kind of talking to myself now. Um, another one is mitochondrial antibodies. Mold is associated with mitochondrial antibodies. That's a new one that's kind of uh, – in my life, kind of blossoming. I'm a huge, huge, huge mitochondriac. I've studied a lot about mitochondria. So knowing that like mold exposure is associated with mitochondrial antibodies, kind of blowing my mind. Mass cells secrete pieces of mitochondrial cells and kind of uh, lead to mitochondrial antibodies. Autism is associated with some mitochondrial antibodies in, in some theories, you know. Um, and then phospholipids. That's the last one I'm going to talk about. Phospholipids are systemic. Uh, phospholipids are in every cell membrane. 
But antiphospholipids are associated with like different clotting disorders, but it's a, it's systemic. There's phospholipids in every cell of your body and there's phospholipids, you know, uh, throughout. So another systemic one that is easily detectable by Cyrex Array 5. Um, some of these are more on Cyrex Array 3 or Cyrex Array 7. You know, it kind of depends on where we're looking. Cyrex has multiple system-specific panels, like gut panels or brain panels or, or you know, connective tissue panels or Alzheimer's panels. Um, and they also have their Array 5, which looks at 24 different tissues, a lot of which I've mentioned today, some of which I didn't, um, but all these different tissue-specific antibodies and some systemic antibodies um, on that one panel. So you still have to know what's driving it. Go back to those past episodes. This is a, a fairly heavy episode, so I hope that it comes out the way that it feels in my brain because I obviously have a fairly deep understanding of this. But it's really, really important, again, if you've stayed tuned this long, it's really important to know which one you have. Do you have both? Do you have it in multiple tissues? Do you have Hashimoto's and stomach and brain? Or do you just have Hashimoto's and just thyroid? Or do you just have stomach and, and, and do you have any brain? I think the brain is, for obvious reasons, the most important one to know. We detected a lot. In fact, the next episode is going to be about neurological autoimmunity. But these are some important questions that you have to answer if you're trying to manage your case. Or you have to, on your own, of course, make your own estimated guess as to what's happening. If you eat gluten and you get anxiety, pretty good chance that you have some neurological autoimmunity that's maybe gluten-mediated. It could be TTG6. It could be cerebellar. It could be myelin basic protein. It, you might not need to. It could be synapsin. You might not need to know. You might just need to avoid gluten. Um, so some of these things can help you just understanding the mechanisms again, help you manage your own case. So if you liked that, please let me know because again, I'm kind of unsure right now, but I think that it was helpful. Um, but give us a rating, give us a review, feel free to ask any questions, find me on Instagram at autoimmune doc. Um, and yeah, next episode will be about neurological autoimmunity.